Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app, and when you do, sign up using the promo code CHGO. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, and Cody Del Mendo. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We are actually recording this podcast earlier in the week because we want to, you know, just pig out on Thanksgiving and enjoy that. So we want, but we also wanted to make sure we had a podcast for Thanksgiving because when everybody gets full, they've eaten all their food, they've had, you know, the pumpkin pie, that's when you're probably going to want to sit down, listen to a podcast and maybe float off into a coma or whatever it is that you do after you eat lots of mass amounts of food. So if the Cubs sign Carlos Correa on Wednesday. I personally don't want to redo a whole podcast. So we'll just say if that happens, we're thankful for it. Yes. Very thankful that the Cubs sign someone between the time of this recording and Thanksgiving. Very excited. Very happy about it. Also, the the uh, situation that Stucky has put out there that people would listen to us after they eat a ton of food and consider going into a coma after that. I just feel very blessed that people want to listen to my voice and Luke's voice, Ryan's voice to help put them to sleep, I guess in a way, but I just hope it's a good sleep. Not because we're boring them. I know I sound dreamy, but right. um, Don't let us put you to sleep for the wrong reasons. We don't Ryan's voice is like the crashing of waves. And I hope you're, I hope you're falling asleep. Yeah. Mainly because you're full and that's it. I hope that's it. Or you're listening to this because you just don't want to talk to your family because of, you know, sometimes you just, you need a break. I get it. Yeah. Or you're hey. on the way to Thanksgiving, you're in the car, pop the, uh, you know, pop the phone on the aux cord and yeah. get a podcast rolling or, or they're falling asleep just because they're already coming. They've already come down from the excitement of the Cubs having signed someone on like Wednesday night. And they're just like, you know what? Like, Time to mellow out a little bit. Just throw on the the CHGO Cubs Thanksgiving extravaganza and go to and drift off to sleep. <laughs> all the years I've all the years I've been in broadcasting. Don't you think a few people have probably said your natural tryptophan isn't that the the drug that's in turkey that, that makes you like little sleepy, a little oozy afterwards? I think that's what tryptophan. I think. Um, all right, so let's let's talk. What what should what are you thankful for or what could, what should Cubs fans be thankful for at Thanksgiving this season, assuming that we're still waiting for the biggest of moves to come sometime this winter? We, Cubs, we should be thankful f- Cubs fans should at least still be thankful for the Cubs having won a World Series in their lifetime. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like that it's not yeah. it's not like 1995 right now and they haven't won a World Series in 90 years. Like, hey, at least – at least you got one. Like you're alive and you got one. That's more recently than the White Sox. Off the, off the top, off the top, be thankful for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it happened. I would say that for me, if we're talking about in the present at least, I think the Cubs should be super thankful that they have Nico Horner. And I didn't yeah. talk to Brennan before this, but yes, <laughs> I think that we should all be the very thankful for Nico Horner. And not only his season he had, but the potential of being even better down the line. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that that's that's number one on the list outside of just knowing that they won a World Series in our lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, not knowing how free agency and trades are going to go this offseason. Nico has got to be high on the list for things you're thankful for for in the last year. I think I think you have to be thankful for just the future of the franchise. It's not guaranteed, but you have to be thankful for the first time in a long, you know, since 2015 and and before that, maybe my lifetime, that the farm system seems to be developing mm-hmm. good players. And not only that, young pitching, which is yep. really the first time ever that I've seen that happen. You know, like you had a pretty good stretch where – you had your Matt Clements and your Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. Mark Pryor and and Big Z, but there's been a pretty good gap there where pitchers have been developed by this organization, and so I 
there's there's reason for optimism. You can be thankful mm-hmm. that they finally ripped the Band-Aid off the World Series roster, even though that was tough to do, and you watched guys go, and it was tough to watch you know, Rizzo play in the postseason with another team. But remember that Alcantara is in the farm system now. And and so you're you're looking at the future. There, There's at least a reason to be thankful that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It may not yeah. be like the sunshine coming through next season. We don't know yet. But there's, there's reason for optimism. And for that, at least I'm thankful because we just went through an entire season where we talked about VR and Andrelton Simmons and – Michael Hermosillo and Afonso Rivas. And like, I could go through the list of names that I hope I never remember 20 years from now and yeah. probably won't. Yeah. And I, playing off that, uh, you know, I think in, in a more specific micro level, like the Cubs fans should be thankful for Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. Yeah. Um, the first two, like, again, the, as you've mentioned, Luke, like the narrative forever basically has been that the Cubs can't develop pitching. But those are the first two guys that have come up and have had a lot of success at this level where you kind of look at it like, hey, maybe there is something to this Cubs pitching infrastructure. Maybe there is something to the Cubs actually starting to develop their own pitchers because now that Justin, especially Justin Steele, as, as far as like he looks like at least a number three starter, you know, Cody likens him to John Lester as far as like mentality. I won't say as far as skills or results wise yet, because he has a long way to go mentality. He does have, obviously he does have a little bit of a resemblance there. Um, and it, it gives you a little bit of hope. And as far as he's always going to attack, you know, attack the game, attack his preparation, all that stuff. Um, but Keegan Thompson too, like, yeah, he may not have had the, the starting, uh, six starting success that you really wanted to see out of him. But damn, was he good as a reliever, as a multi-inning reliever, as and, and, and for what this, uh, you know, what baseball is becoming, it may it may get to a point very very soon where multi-inning relievers, very good multi-inning relievers, maybe you know nearly as I won't say they're going to be as valuable as starters, but they could be you know be close, like just a level below as valuable as a good starter is. Um, and and what Keegan Thompson showed this year, like that's that's a role he will thrive in even if he doesn't end up starting ever again, like he, he will thrive as a, as a multi-inning relief weapon because he was so good. And he has such, you know, his arsenals really, really developed. Um, he has that kind of mentality where he can come in any situation. He feels comfortable. Uh, he feels confident. And then he can go out and give you multiple innings and close out an entire freaking game. Like he did that so yeah. many times this year that those two combined, it's like, okay, yeah, there's, they're doing something right with the pitching. That the pitching is in good hands in you know in the Cubs system. So again, when you look at like what Cubs fans should be thankful for, it's that because it really does seem like the Cubs have figured at least one side of the ball, have figured it out. Yeah. What about what about uh Scott Efros? I'm thankful for him. <laughs> because without Scott Efros, we wouldn't have the swagger of Hayden Wesneski in, yeah. in the in the He's, farm. Uh... He's someone that we haven't really talked a lot about this much or talked about a lot this offseason as we've talked about free agency and, you know, the future, you know what I mean? And, you know, at the end of last, at the end of last season, I was like, this guy is, he's, he's, he's going to be in competition to get that last role or that last spot in the rotation going into 2023 and in the spring. And, you know, I, if Scott F Ross turns, if trading Scott F Ross, someone who spent a lot of time in your system and you basically kind of revamped him and you were able to flip him for a, a starter, a quality starter, potentially. I mean, yeah, I'm real thankful for that, but also just real thankful for like the, the pitching infrastructure that the Cubs have developed. If, if that is in fact the case, as we'll learn in the next couple of years, but yeah, Hayden was someone that I'm, thankful that we have the opportunity to see if he is a guy next year. I think there's a lot to like about him. I think there's a lot of, you know, potential there. Um, you know, potential comes with risk, of course, but I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'd rather have that than no hope. So as much as like having hope sets you up to be, uh, brutally hurt, hurt, but yeah, yeah. Hurt again. Um, as much as hope does that, uh, yeah, I, uh, 
he is he's someone that like i said we haven't talked a lot about this this offseason thus far and uh you know i'm i'm excited to see uh where things go with that i ryan you mentioned or you guys were talking about the you know the world series and and that i i still am thankful for that whole group you know and it, i think mm-hmm. that's why i was rooting at least at bat wise for schwarber every time i think you'll always be thankful for that group of players even though they weren't able to uh recreate it but the one thing that you can never or at least for now you're not going to change like the players come in and out the one thing that doesn't change is the cubs fan base and just as important wrigley field you know like I know a lot of people are mad at the Ricketts family for um, political reasons. They're they're mad at the team, the the family for not um, spending enough money in the off season. And and I understand all of those things. I do think that at least I am thankful for the way that they have restored and renewed Wrigley Field. You know, like it's you can't. I understand people are saying, well, now it's too generic and you have Shake Shack nearby and you have this and that. Wrigleyville's way nicer than it was, guys. Like it just, it just is. And the ballpark's way nicer. And and I think if you're from Chicago and you're from the north side, you can go almost anywhere in the world and be proud of Wrigley Field. Like it's not just another ballpark, you know? And that's part of the reason mm-hmm. people show up and that's why Cody was going to to games all season long, not because he thought they were going to win a bunch of games. It's because going to Wrigley is an experience, you know, and I think they've, they've preserved that for another generation. And I I do give them credit for that. And it doesn't mean they're not going to make money on the whole thing. They are, but they also could have packed the thing up and moved out to Schaumburg and played out there somewhere. And Wrigley field, in my opinion, is still the greatest ballpark in baseball. And it's still, when you talk stadiums in the United States for athletic events, there aren't too many that rival Wrigley Field. Fenway's on the list, but what other other venues do you say? Like, I've been to the Rose Bowl. It's a dump, guys. Like, (laughs) what other sporting venues? Lambeau is, I will admit, Lambeau is a cool place to go, but it's not as unique as Wrigley Field is. Like the well, setting so- being in a neighborhood is unique, but I, yeah. every year I'm thankful at some point for what Wrigley Field is. Yeah, I was gonna say there's so few stadiums that actually just have like, like you said, unique like uniqueness, like just, just one one thing that stands out about the rest. Um, which is why you know Wrigley has the Ivy, Fenway has the Big Green Monster. Like there's so many. I don't know. What, I don't know if generic is the right word, but like there's so many parks and stadiums that just don't have that one thing that really makes them stand out. Whereas Wrigley and Fenway do, I'm going to be biased. Mizzou, you know, Fro field has the, has the rock and they have the grass field with the big white rock. M. And Are you awesome. comparing Missouri's and, football oh, field yeah. to Wrigley field? At least, it, at least it's, at least it's something different. At least it's something different. Oh my God. I like I've it. said some crazy things. Well, on let this me podcast. tell you about, let me no, tell I, you about O'Brien Field down. I didn't in say it was on the level, Ryan. I didn't say it was on the level. I just said something that unique. It, it has something unique when there's so many stadiums that don't have anything different. No, I'm, I'm saying that's the unique yeah. quality of why I like the stadium so much. There's something to be said for all the new ballparks and all the amenities and the parking and the food and the cleanliness, all of those things. But no matter how, and don't get me wrong, like PNC. PNC in Pittsburgh is very, it's a great ballpark. AT&T is, is kind of the next or whatever they call it now in, in uh, San Francisco. To me, that's the one that those two kind of stand out as, okay, mm-hmm. if you're going to go another generation of ballparks, like they offer you something different than the other. Like San Francisco, you have a setting that's unmatched, right? Like you have, yeah. you have a view of the ocean. So that yeah. that's cool. But I don't know. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that would like a '67 Corvette as much as I'd like a brand new Corvette. In fact, I'd like the '67 Corvette more. Yeah, I mean everything you said about like what the Ricketts have done to restore the ballpark and just the neighborhood in general. I mean, I didn't grow up on the north side, and like 
like there's a lot of people, especially on like Cubs Twitter that, you know, have lived in Wrigleyville for decades. And, uh, you know, some of them, you know, I think, I think it all comes down to like, they just don't like change. And like from that aspect, like I get it, like you're used to what you're used to. Um, But, you know, I still think that they've kept that, you know, that, that historic like charm or whatever you want to call it. Like anytime I'm on the scooter going 15 and a half miles per hour down Clark street on my way to the office, like, you know, passing Wrigley, if I take that route, like it's always like one of those like breathtaking things. Like it, I don't, I can't explain it. It's, and it's kind of weird if I'm doing that considering how much I pass it, but that's just like, you go by it and you're like, you, you realize that you're in a neighborhood that is like any other. I mean, there is no other ballpark in major league baseball that is just in a neighborhood. Like we're not downtown. Like Fenway park is like downtown Boston. Like it's not like, no other baseball stadium is in just a residential neighborhood like Wrigley Field is. And I think that's what brings the uniqueness that comes with it um, so special. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at least we're always going to have that. Um, you know, I I think from my perspective, I think what they've done around the area and all that is fine. Um, you know, I think the order of how they've done it, is what's up for question like if you're going to invest all this money to build a sports book but not make your baseball team better then yeah i get why people might be upset right so um that's just that's but it is a draft king sports book so it it will be sweet it will be sweet and we'll probably be there a lot or at least i will be there a lot you know what i mean so (laughs) oh you're gonna have your own chair there (laughs) we've already decided that's gonna be the truth are you right. thankful for – so we're thankful – everybody should be thankful for Wrigley Field. You're thankful for what looks like the future of the franchise. I'm also thankful for uh, the past, meaning that Andrelton Simmons and Jonathan VR and some of these guys, like, that we are able to move on from that – not not specifically those players. I'm just saying that stage of Cubs baseball where it was mm-hmm. clearly just time fillers. Literally, guys in the roster that you knew were there just because they had to put players on the field. Yeah, and and hundred percent. Yeah, right. Like it's nice to be done with. Hopefully, done with that soon. Hopefully, yeah. As we sit here, uh, three days before Thanksgiving, uh, recording. Yes, I, I, I hope, I hope that (laughs) that is the case. Um, you know, I think you know if you want to spin zone it, these. A season like 2022 is one where when the Cubs are good again, you're going to look back and be like, man, I went through all that. Like I deserve some, I deserve a pat on the back back for putting myself through that. Right. Um, (laughs) Do we deserve to have to go through that? No. And I've been very adamant about that for, we do not deserve this. (laughs) I've been very adamant about that over the last classic, classic rant. Right. Classic Cody rant. Right. So yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I do think it's exciting times. I think, you know, we talked about, uh, didn't we talk about like two months ago about like which team has the brighter future in Chicago? And like, well, as we're sitting here recording this, the Bulls haven't won a game in like two weeks and the Blackhawks, like they're and they have a top, yeah, they're not good. And well, the White Sox look like they're just going to run it back. And well, you know, the Bears have Justin Fields, but they are also the Bears. How will they mess this up? Well, just sit back and watch. The Cubs, on the other hand, while before 2016 it was always well they'll they'll find a way to mess things up i don't think it's that case anymore i think that they i think like we said a few months ago i think they might have the brightest future of any team in the city if they do everything correctly or at least most of it is in terms of being a playoff contender or something to get excited about um we've got uh a lot of deals coming up you know once thanksgiving's over the calendar quickly flips to Black Friday deals. And it's all about shopping for the holiday season moving forward and trying to get the best deals. It's it's different now because most people do it online. You don't have to run out to all the different stores. But uh, coming up, we're going to start talking Black Friday deals, deals in Cubs history. Um, But I want to tell you about a deal, first of all, that you can get from Green Ridge Farm. And 
Listen, Ooh. that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole season Absolutely. long. Like uh, you want to find your loved ones something nice for the holiday season. Green Ridge Farm is a local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches, and they're all-natural. Meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick, so they're great for a post-workout snack. They come in flavors like chicken, Black Forest, beef, jalapeno, cheddar, and spicy chili. Delicious also because they're made from recipes that are generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can find them at the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or any Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, if you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks free using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, Simply Natural Meat. We've had them at our tailgates. They hook us up, and everybody brags about the brats are great. The, the jalapeno cheddar is great. You know, the Polish sausages were really good. We had some of those for the game uh, against the Lions, and we will have some more, I believe, coming uh, for the tailgate coming up against the Packers. Uh, meanwhile, the okay. Combat Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve, save money, and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. It can be done in person, or you can have it done virtually. It's about two hours. And then within three to four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. If you're ready to sign up for that facility assessment, call them at one 855 433-2700 during normal business hours. You'll be able to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email them at businessee, that's echo echo, at comed.com or request that assessment online at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. Uh, all right. Black Friday. First of all, are, are you, have you ever been one of those crazies that, <laughs> After you eat Thanksgiving dinner, you sit and are like rushing out to the stores, mm -hmm. you know, to rip some lady's coat off so she can't get to that plasma TV or LED TV faster. Have you ever been one of those crazies that runs to the store? Yeah, like when the Walmart's open at midnight yep. and yeah, everyone's going, I've, I've been there when I was younger. You know, my, yeah, when I was younger. Dinner. Then the internet ever, got more complex, and it was like, okay, I don't even need to go out. Yeah. Well, now half of them are before. Technically, a lot of them are going on now, right? Like yeah. it's not even yeah. Black Friday anymore. They well, started yeah, the, the sales, week before. As the sales uh, all started already, and then they opened up the doors at like nine p.m., ten p.m. on Thursday on on Thanksgiving instead of at midnight going into Friday. So it's like it's not really Black Friday anymore. Yeah. It's like well, Black November. The last few years, they've kind of taken that back. Like they've moved it to just Friday now again because, hmm. uh, as uh, as someone who is in it, is is dating a person who works in retail, uh, she the last few years she hasn't had to uh, be at the store on Thanksgiving Day, which is nice. Yeah, uh, I think I think they, I think a lot of stores or companies in that industry decided that they should move it back to just Friday, and they're just regular. They might open early still, but like at least you're not having to go in there on Thanksgiving night um, because I think a lot of people just got fed up with it, I guess. And the fact that a lot of things you can get now online. So, uh, yeah. Have, have I ever, ever done that before? Yes. Um, what did you get? Did you guys ever like go through the craziness of the midnight thing and then be like, yes, I walked away with this. This this what and this. Deal? It's this like is, video games and stuff. Yeah, it's something like that. So, like, this shows how much advanced we are in technology now. But when I was younger, I would always go and get movies that were always on sale, mm -hmm. like the DVDs or I guess yeah. even Blu-rays at times. Um, 
like the newer ones, they'd always be on sale. I would get those. Um, they'd be like five bucks or something like that. And <laughs> I would, I would walk, I remember walking out of, out of Target one time with like three or four seasons of one TV show. But I don't even know why I did that whenever we have Netflix and stuff like that. But it was just a sure fact that it was just so cheap. And it's like a show that I really loved. And it's like, I just want them. <laughs> but I've never gone into a store to get like anything. Like I didn't go and buy a giant TV or anything like that. Right. I did buy my MacBook Air that I'm on right now. I did buy that on Black Friday, but it was on Lime. Yeah, I've never, I've never done it. Like, I, I think it's kind of becoming a thing of the past. Although I, I agree that like, if people are going to do it, the deals in person should be better than the deals online. Well, that would get more of the crazies to come out then, Luke. Right. If you could, if you could <laughs> tell me, there's like some crazy, but that's where it's always like, you know, there's some toy that's hot for the season, Xbox or something, and people are literally just knocking each other over, and it get. I don't understand anyway. So anyways, Black Friday deals, it doesn't have to be deals that happen around Thanksgiving, but best and worst deals, you know, we're, we're hoping for some big deals coming up this off season. Um, we've talked at nauseum about the Jason Hayward deal. <laughs> and so I don't really, I don't really want to dive into that. Like, I think we've kind of decided like, it's over. It turned out not to be a great deal, but they won the World Series. He's a great guy, and he did a lot for the community. Yeah. But about, what, uh, deals? what about like Ben Zobers? I don't feel like we talked about his deal. Oh, uh, you know what? That's a great point. Like that's a ben great Zobers deal. A great that deal. worked out for the Cubs, yeah. and it would have worked out even better if Ben Zobers' wife wasn't awful. Like, <laughs> let's just be real. About that. Like that that entire situation sucks and and I and I stand him in that situation every single time uh but yeah 4 years was it 4 years 56 million something like that and he he lived up to that in year 1 yeah you know what if I mean? they could find that deal this off season for some guy similar yeah. to him that would be uh a great deal well a lot of times the big something money like deals that. yeah, yeah. Extending Ian Happ would be something like that, in my opinion. I think Ian Happ can make a little bit more money considering he's younger. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when I think of a, a contract extension for Ian Happ, I think of something like a like a four or, four or five year deal. You know what I mean? What, what about Soriano? I yeah, about Soriano 16, right? This was the anniversary just a yeah, couple of days yeah, ago. Like a, a yeah, like a few days ago, right? So Yeah. I, I, I always like the right. deal. I, I never dislike the, I, the people that make it out to be worse than it was. It doesn't make any sense to me because I, I thought it was a good deal. I thought it didn't. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't as good as the John Lester deal. That's for sure. No, I mean, but that's even, the best. That's the best free agent deal yeah. in Cubs history for yeah. sure. Not even close. He, yeah, but he played well. It's not, very, it's not like he ever it's not like it ever really reached like Jason Hayward levels of how bad it was. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, he was made a lot of money because that was uh, at that point in time, the franchise record for a deal, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so he made a lot of money, um, but for most of it, he played well. He maybe he didn't play Hall of Fame level or even all-star level for a lot of it, but I think he played well. And I think in hindsight, it may have been an overpay, but not as much as like people want to make it out to be. And it was at a time when the Cubs were kind of, honestly, they were trying to go for it. <laughs> like they were. And and the second year was when they their best shot, obviously, since 03, um, was 08 when they won like 98 games, whatever it was, uh, you know, led the, led the national league. And he had a big part. Of, he played a big part in that. And, uh, you know, they choked obviously in the NLDS um, and, you know, that's whatever. But I, I always, I always thought the deal was fine for what it was. It wasn't a, it definitely wasn't a great deal and it wasn't, but also I, it wasn't a bad deal. It was, I it was always I always get upset when people like say, Oh, this guy was a bad deal uh, based off, you know, playoff performance. And this is a guy that I feel like he gets a lot of negativity tor thrown towards him just because of not being able to win in the playoffs with the Cubs. Like the two years that they made the playoffs with him, they didn't win one playoff game. That entire team just like just fell apart in October. Like it, if there, like if there's any, any teams that I, from the Cubs that I've watched in my life that really could not, live up to 
I guess, expectations or any kind of hype, it was those teams. Um, but I, I don't think it's like all on him though. They had, they had good players, they had good yeah. pitching, they had, they had a good manager and everything and they just couldn't put it all together. They, I don't know what it was, but I just think that he is someone that as time moved on, you were able to just get past whatever angst you had against them. Like, I don't know, like as a kid, you got a, a pretty good cheer. Yeah. Right? Went, got a pretty good cheer this year. Right. It, he, he, uh, you know, when they signed him, you know how we always talk about, Oh, I remember where I was when they signed John Lester. Well, I remember where I was when they signed out uh, Soriano. And like, okay. I remember getting really excited about it. Cause it was like the Cubs spent a ton of money to bring in one of the best players in the league coming off a 40, 40 year, by the way, 40 home mm-hmm. runs, 40 with stolen bases with the Nats and some other team. I think he was traded at the deadline. Uh, it, was, it was only the Nats. Yeah, no, he got just the Nats. I, I thought maybe it... he was traded. Um, but I'll look that one up. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to say he was underappreciated or if he got too much slander, but yeah, it's definitely one where it's like controversial between Cub, the Cubs fan base. But like, if you look at the contract, like, man, you look at some of the player contracts now, it's like, well, the Cubs, you could consider, you can say the Cubs got a steal on that, in my opinion. But like, again, like that's just, that's how much money has came into baseball now. Consider based off when he got that contract. I mean, I think if you get you get a guy if the Cubs get a guy like like that, they're definitely spending double that now to get a guy like that than than then. You know what I mean? So um yeah, I mean I think there's just a lot of negativity surrounding those teams in the past. As fun as they were and everyone loves Ramirez and everyone loved Derek Lee and everyone loves Big Z and Dempster and all of them. It's just always going to be a lot of like, eh, when it comes to the big money contract guys, and Soriano is one of them. But I, 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 it definitely wasn't a bad contract. It, it, it was one that I think you know was a was good at the time. And sure, at the end, uh, you he was on the back end of his career at the end, and you were still able to trade him for something. I don't even remember what they got for him, but it didn't didn't matter. Like they were in a rebuild and. I guess the only thing that you can say that, well, he came and he didn't help the Cubs win a World Series, so failure. Yeah. Well, then you can well, say that about a lot of guys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that team, those teams were full of good deals, to be honest with you. Like, uh, Mark DeRosa was, was a good deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Derek Lee was a tremendous deal for he Sop Choi. Like, yeah. you got great value. Aramis yeah, Ramirez it isn't celebrated – as a, again, he didn't win a World Series, but when you traded um, Bobby Hill and Jose Hernandez, and you get back Aramis Ramirez and Kenny Lofton for three nobodies, and then he just sits at third base for a good decade and and does nothing but hit, you had great you had great deals. Like the Cubs mm-hmm. have. They've, and you traded within bad. the division for him too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they've made some bad deals, but they've also made some. I mean, Ryan Sandberg was a great trade as well. Obviously, free agent wise, Lester's number one, and then Andre Dawson is the next best free agent deal, handing the Cubs the blank check, and then he goes on to win an MVP. So, like those two, those two stand out as free agent deals. But I like. I like the Zobris, like you're saying, like those are the, we all want the big Soriano signing or the big Hayward signing when it happened. And I still hope that it's, it's the Correa signing and some of those others. But um, I also hope that they're able to find their Zobrist or their trade for Derek Lee or their trade for Ramos Ramirez this off season too, because that's what really flipped you or, or Jake Arietta, like trade wise Arietta is another one. It's Arietta and it's Rhino that are the two that are like, how did they ever pull that off? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there's certainly been a lot of like good, not yet, like you said, not even free agent deals, but trades. Um, and you're looking at, I mean, those are all like obviously historically great ones in Cubs history, but I mean, what, what can some of these ones they've done, you're kind of looking to see what these these trades they've made in the last couple of years at the deadline. 
Like yeah. what can they turn out to be? Right. Like if this, you know, the, the Chris Bryant trade, you know, Canario, obviously the, the centerpiece of that, but even Caleb Killian, if either of those turn out to be good major league players, I mean, you hope definitely hope both of those guys do. Um, but like, say one of them is like a really solid starter, back end starter, like Caleb Killian, and then Canero becomes an all star. Like that's that's a pretty good deal to have been made for a guy that they probably weren't gonna keep after the season anyway. I mean, the Rizzo one with Kevin Alcantara, we know he has some of the best potential in the in the Cubs system. Um, if he becomes what he looks like he can, that may go down as as a good deal versus how people think of. You know, people hate still hate the idea of trading Anthony Rizzo, but you know, mm-hmm. if Kevin Alcantara does something, uh, they could they could obviously change their mind. And then the the Javi Baez for Pete Crow Armstrong one looks like it may be the best deal that Jed Hoyer's made as you know president of baseball operations. Like you got a guy who has a crazy high ceiling who's 20 something years old, 2021 20, maybe, um, for a, a half year's rental of a guy, um, you know, who again, you know, uh, uh, conversations on negotiations had broken down a while back and weren't going to be picked back up. Um, and the team that got him only was able to keep him around for two months. Right. Uh, and you, they traded a guy who's a top 100 prospect now. Um, and Javi Baez's career is trended down, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so you're, may, you're, you avoided that. Right. Yeah, as far as deals go, that may be the best one that Jed Hoyer makes as president of baseball operations if Pico Armstrong um, you know, reaches the ceiling that we kind of all think he has and hope he can reach. Yeah, but if West if Wesneski turns out to be a frontline starter for Efros, that would turn out to be a great. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a sick. lot of them, right? What you're hoping for is that you don't um, end up with the Quintana trade again. You don't want to give up Dylan Cease and get a guy that's an average pitcher. And by the way, uh, you know, again, we're doing this earlier in the week. He's a free agent, Quintana. <laughs> you're, no. you're looking for that depth. You're looking for hey, that he was, depth. Cody he was Quintana good last year. No, I'm scarred. I'm scarred. He was good last year. I, I, I don't care. I Quintana, don't. You don't want, you I don't bet he goes see. back to the White Sox. You watch. You don't, don't want to watch the Quintana me. redemption story in 2023? No, not no. <laughs> it's like I the Avengers. Want him, I want him to sign with the American League team. So and and anyone not the White Sox because I I just oh my god. I'm, it could be like the Avengers coming back in Endgame to to the, rewrite the wrong, rewrite their wrongs, <laughs> rewrite their losses. The day the day Jose Quintana retires is the day that I'm most thankful in my life. Probably, like I am just so he has scarred me enough times, and this year might have topped it because not only did he just not live up to what we had hoped, he then goes off, leaves the Cubs, has a bad year, then goes to the Pirates, turns his career around, goes to the Cardinals, and helps get them to the post. I, I just I can't even finish a sentence. Like it, so, You'll be even more thankful for that day than the day that Yadier Molina and Albert Bujols retired? <laughs> well, that's well, second most thankful day of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You know what was a, what was a good uh, deal, and sometimes it takes a few steps for it to be like signing – in multiple ways, it was good. Signing Ryan Dempster was a good deal. Like, you know, you're waiting for a guy to come off an arm injury. He ends up being a really good starter for you. He is your closer for a while. And then when you do decide to move him, um, and that was – remember how weird that was? Like, he was playing Golden Tee while Jed <laughs> – they were, they were discussing deals, and he's in their office sitting there playing Golden Tee. But, like – you, they end up turning him into Kyle Hendricks, right? So mm-hmm. and you did, don't did win the World say- Series without, at some point, getting Ryan Dempster, having a good uh-huh. pitcher for a while, and turning that pitcher into a guy that almost won a Cy Young in the year you finally win the World Series. Yeah. yeah. Did we even mention uh, Jake Arrieta and Pedro Stroh? No. I said, like, I just said, like he and Ryan Sandberg are trade wise okay, the yeah, two yeah. best, right? Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we did mention yeah. that because that, as far as trades go, that probably is the biggest, the best trade in Cubs history. Yeah, is, is Jake Arrieta and and Pedro Stroke. Yeah, as far as like because they did win, the they World they series. won the World Series. I mean, Rhino mm-hmm. gave you decades of a Hall of Fame career for yeah. trading away nothing, but right. But he didn't One ultimately win you the World Series, yeah. <laughs> the Jake Arrieta. So there's arguments on either side. Yeah, sure. Ryan Dempster or Ryan uh, Sandberg, obviously, um, the Hall of Fame player, Rhino, all that stuff. Like he n- numbers retired. Um, he goes. He's one of the greatest players in Cubs history. 
but yeah, the Jake Arrieta, Pedro Strupp trade ultimately gave you two very important pieces in helping you win that World Series. Yeah. Uh, other deals. Um, here's one that's not as talked about. How about uh, bat flip legend, RIP and peace, Luis Valbuena for Dexter Fowler. Um, yeah, that was a great That's deal good. that no one talked about when it happened. Everyone was like, mm-hmm. OK, like this guy's a good baseball player. It's like a, it's a piece. Uh, and he turned out to be a fan favorite. Um, and, and you combine he, that with uh, with bringing him back on the one year deal. for Yeah. 16. Yeah. And the, yeah. the whole thing coming back, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the video from spring training. That's, you know, that I've seen way too many times now. Um, that's a bit, that was a, that, that deal was awesome. And then, uh, you know, the trade for Montero as well. Uh, the Cubs made so many deals that worked out between 2014 and 2015 that led to the world series that, you know, everyone talks about Lester. Everyone talks about Hayward, whatever. Um, but no one talks about those ones I just said. And even the Zobers one, no one talks about the Zobers one, to be honest with you. Like it blows my mind that no one talks about it. Um, but yeah, I mean they. Uh, well, trading I mean, Rizzo for Cashner worked out yeah, pretty well for yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. turned out to be a great deal. At the same time, Tyler trading Cole all their DJ good players. The Rockies was a was a brutal deal. Yeah, trading all their good players so they could be bad so they could draft Chris Chris Bryant turned out to be a great idea, great deal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I a like of- what Ryan said about the future though with the prospects like. Again, we and we've talked about a ton, like you can't bank on things, but I do, you know, PCA is one that I can like, all right, this guy, he has a high ceiling and he had a high ceiling before he even came to the Cubs. Like first round draft pick, you know, has all the tools, all these things. I if if there's any of them that I that I hope and pray works out the most, it's that one because we've seen it. Alcantara looks like he's on the right path, but he's still very young, only played in Myrtle Beach this year. But I yeah. But, I, you know, as far as, like, my emotion side, at least, I guess I could say the Alcantara one because, like, if he sucks and Rizzo wins another World Series with someone else, I'm going to be a pretty, pretty upset person. So, yeah. What well, about Pete bad Crow- deals? <laughs> bad go, deals? Go ahead and your, your Pete Crow Armstrong. I was just going to say Pete Crow Armstrong, um, I mean, he's, he's such high upside, but, again, he was for, like, a fan favorite. I know some fans were done with Javi, but, like, as far as flair and ridiculous, exciting plays and just uh, an unmatched energy, at least if you're going to lose that guy from your franchise, from your World Series team, to replace him with someone that could be a piece of the future, okay, then then yeah. then you feel better about those moves, right? Like yeah. if you get two guys back that turn out to be nothing, then it kind of stings a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I was just, I was gonna say, what about bad deals? I mean, there's obviously one number one. I, you know, they're actually. I, I think they're. Are you talking about trade? You're talking about trades one. now, and, or are you and, talking and, about free agent? Any, any, any. When the Cubs traded Lou Brock to the Cardinals. Yeah, Lou Brock to the Cardinals was a bad one. <laughs> yeah, now, now that I think about it, like if we're going either either free agents or trades, like there are a few that have or could definitely be up at that number one, uh, yeah. in that top spot. I the mean, Quintana one for sure is up there. Quintana for Elo and Dylan's. Yeah. Um, I know just based it off in terms of hindsight, it it's bad. Yes. Everyone will say Jason Hayward, uh, which I again I don't think like I think we've talked about it, but like that Tyler Chatwood trade or uh, deal. Yeah. That, that one that's honestly like, worse than the Hayward one, in my opinion. <laughs> it amounted to like no value because he yeah. barely had Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley is the they, worst contract signing by the Cubs in in my opinion of any signing um but it was like what it was like three years 30 million or something like yeah that. and they were bidding against nobody but yeah. tyler chatwood it was brutal because he was the deal that keeps uh re reoccurring every year it aud- your subscription renews every year without even asking for it it's like that <laughs> subscription that you've got to sports illustrated that you're still being charged 30 dollars a month for from 1987 like <laughs> and it keeps keeps hitting your credit card because you can't figure out how to get it off of there. They just yeah. kept bringing them back. This is the year Chatwood's going to – he was a frustrating one. He was. No question about it. Now, I understood the thought process behind it because you're getting yeah. him out of Colorado and he had shown 
that perhaps that you could really get saw you could turn a number five or a fringe starter into a number five. He had shown that possibility, but man, mm-hmm. he had major command problems in that in year one. I think he led the league in walk rate his first year. And the years Wait. after that, it was just like, okay, this guy at best is a, a reliever. Well, he had good stuff. Like he had good stuff, and if you could have turned that into something, like he probably would have been a good starter. It just could. I remember in 2020, he had like his first two starts of that of that COVID year. I think there was there was like a nice one or two starts. Where I was like, okay, maybe Chatwood's finally figured it out. And then <laughs> I think he got hurt or something. He came back and he stunk some more. It's just like, yeah. yeah. I, I can't mean, wait in the th- to be over <laughs> in the three years with the Cubs. Like he signed that big contract. He ended up with overall like 0.6 war because he had negative 0.4 and 18.6 and 19 and 0.4 in 2020. <laughs> so he, he wasn't even at a full, at a full win above replacement yeah. according to fan graphs. So it's like, cause what was the, what was the contract? It was like three years, something three years, 37 million or something like it that. It was, it was a lot of money. I, yeah. I'm going to go look it up because I remember it was like, yeah, it, it was like, it shouldn't have been for- the amount of money that held this franchise back, but, but an amount of money that the average person looks at and goes, how did he? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, we lost him. Luke. This... We lost him. <laughs> I can't believe this has never happened live. This has never happened live before. Um, has it well... not? Oh, there he is. Oh, is that here? Yeah, okay. It was, it was three, three years, 38 million for Chatwood. Okay. But so yeah, I was we, one we... million off. Okay. Yeah, Luke, you were you were in the middle of saying something. Yeah. He lost me. I was just—I don't even know what I was going to say. I was probably thinking about uh, apple pie and and frozen custard, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. Uh, oh, I was going to say, let's just hope the deals are are brighter this off season, so bright that maybe you would need a pair of shady rays, Ryan. If they're that bright, yeah, you'll definitely need a, a pair of shady rays because shady rays are the best sunglasses out there. Shady rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall. Because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in a lake, you drop them off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that I could tell you holding in my hand seemed just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free, or BOGO, as Luke likes to say. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem that code CHGO only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Mm, See... You can get your shady rays, like Ryan said, and when things aren't going right on DraftKings, you can put them on to cover your face to feel better. Or um, or you could take your winnings and turn that into more shady rays. Absolutely. There's two, more. there's two really good reasons to get shady rays while also using DraftKings. I mean, we all go through our ups and downs in sports betting. Let's be real about it, all right? Like, that's why I said what I said. But when things are great, DraftKings is your best friend. All right. That's my that's how I look at it. You know, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any five dollar NBA Moneyline bet and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100 percent with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Sportsbook app, opt in and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes in the podcast information box for details. And with that said, guys, all right, this is coming out on Thanksgiving, right? So we got three NFL games. There's nothing like this is what you do on Thanksgiving, right? You 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 eat a ton of food and you watch football, right? Yep. Basically. I'm looking at the Giants Please. and the Cowboys at 3.30 on Thursday. So like right after you eat like dinner. So I don't know about you guys, but on Thanksgiving, I always eat dinner like early. We always eat at like 1. That way you can take that afternoon nap. Mm-hmm. I say you place that bet on Giants plus 9. Hopefully it's still at 9 when you listen to this on Thanksgiving. Place it on Giants plus nine and then take that nap. That way you don't even have to watch either team and you wake up and you have a winner. And you can just thank <laughs> me for that. You can be thankful for me after that, after the game. All right. Thank you. I like the um I like the early Thanksgiving dinner, like you're talking about, Cody, like like one o'clock, two o'clock, because I like to hit the sandwiches and the leftovers hard Thanksgiving night. Mm, like Thanksgiving okay. dinner is my favorite meal of the entire year. Really? I'm big on Thanksgiving dinner. Like we served it at our wedding reception, Thanksgiving dinner. Because I was like, really? who doesn't like who doesn't like gravy, mashed potatoes, and a pile of turkey and stuffing? Like, who doesn't like that? I don't understand. So Your that's households. What's that? I mean, I love it. I, I could eat it. I will eat leftovers if we have enough. I'll eat leftovers for seven straight days. Every meal. Do you guys do a lot of like casseroles? Uh, I'm trying to think what you can green bean, green bean casserole. Everybody does the green bean casserole, right? See, my my we family doesn't do. We don't we don't do casseroles. Um, maybe it's a a Mexican culture type nah, thing. Uh, we don't well, do a lot of casseroles. Too many, right? I don't know. Well, I, I yeah. I, what do you I have for Thanksgiving? I, what are you in on? Like what what do you have to have, and what will you pass on? I mean, we definitely the turkey, uh, mashed potatoes, corn stuffing. You know, all like the regular stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like every household has at least some combination of those things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, that's what I always go to. And I always like to make it into sandwiches and stuff uh, with the rolls. But like I was saying, it's like, I like the casseroles like seem good. I just, my family has never had that before. So like I had a friend's giving over the weekend and it was like five different casseroles. And I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> don't eat, did you don't try eat. them or not? They were good. Yeah, I tried. I tried a little bit of the, of all of them. Like it was green bean. I didn't try the the sweet potato casserole because I just don't like sweet potatoes. Oh, um, sweet potatoes green, are the best. Yeah, I've come around to sweet potatoes. Yeah, there was a green bean casserole. Like a, I think it was like a yeah. corn casserole or something like that. I am yeah. a I am a ham guy. I don't. I mean, I'll eat turkey, but I prefer ham. I I grew up with ham. Uh, for Thanksgiving, ham on Christmas. Well, and 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 let's face it, Cody goes ham on a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Especially on DraftKings. Uh, also, um, cheesy potatoes are the, oh yeah, are awesome. Yeah, um, like like al gratin potatoes. Yeah, yeah, um, like type yeah. bunch of cheese melted over. Mm. Uh, see that I can. It's sort of a casserole, but I wouldn't call it a casserole. My mm. mother in law makes a corn souffle, which is kind of a casserole. It's like corn and cornbread, and then like breadcrumbs and stuff, and it's amazing. But I, I'm with you. Like, I'll eat green bean casserole, but if there's room, not room on the plate, I personally would rather have cranberries. Like, I like some cranberries with my turkey. Mm-hmm. Mix them in with the mashed potatoes mm-hmm. a little bit every once in a while, a little bit of turkey in there. I will never skip putting on mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, turkey, and cranberry. The other things are all additional. I don't want to, I don't want to get too full and don't 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 bring me a bunch of appetizers on Thanksgiving because I, I the last thing I want to do is have too many a little cocktail weenie things before I get to Thanksgiving dinner and then I'm kind of like, well, I didn't eat, I didn't have that much fun. What about pie? What's what's your I was dessert? Say, what about dessert? I was going to go apple pie. Pie. I'm apple pie. Yeah. yeah. I I've never apple had pie, pie. 100% I've never had pumpkin pie, and I uh, absolutely do not like pecan pie. No, do no, not. I don't. Pecan no, pie doesn't make any pie. sense. Why would you People like, like any pie with nuts? 
I, I can't do pecan pie. I just never had pumpkin pie. It's never called out to me and made me really want to try it. Uh, but apple pie is, is my go-to, 100%. What about like pumpkin squares? See, I'm not a pumpkin pie guy, but if somebody brings like little like cake-flavored pumpkin and then it's got cream cheese frosting on top, so it's almost like a pumpkin yeah. spice cupcake with cream cheese frosting or donut, I'm in on that. I've just never had the desire. Apple pie, and it's got I gotta have some ice cream with it. Yeah. Or custard. I've just never had the desire to eat anything pumpkin. Like there's never been a part of me that's really mm. wanted to eat it. And it's like there's always apple pie there. So why would I not just have the apple pie? That I well, could? that do right that do right uh, pumpkin spice donut is something you might want to okay. change your mind right. and give it a shot before the holiday. I'm. Do you like your apple pie warm or do you like your apple pie room temperature or cold? You gotta do it. You gotta warm it up a little bit so that when you put yeah, the ice cream on that. there, it melts it. Or you do ice cream or whipped cream, whichever one, mm -hmm. it melts it a little bit with it. Uh, that's like that's how you gotta do it, in my opinion. When I went with the Blackhawks for the Winter Classic to DC, they had this place called Zeddy's. All right, and the sandwich they that I I just happened to walk into this place. They had a Thanksgiving sandwich, and I was like, oh, that's up my alley. I'm gonna try that. Okay. Just white bread, turkey, gravy, stuffing, cranberry. Let me tell you, that's become my new way to eat leftovers. I'll alternate regular leftovers, just reheating it in the microwave or whatever. And then the next time I go with that sandwich, you make it out of the leftovers. And you could put it in a panini press, get that bread a little crisped on top. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. I am going to go hard on Thursday. Real hard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This one. Crew, this crew neck that I'm wearing right now, no one can see it because we only have it via podcast form today. Um, I'll be I'll be wearing something like this in sweatpants the entire day. You can just wear your CHGO Yeah, I can wear my yeah. CHGO crew neck, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, the diehards can too if they sign up and get 20% off. You know. Oh. When you guys see me in person on Tuesday, like Mondays were usually remote. When you see me in person on Tuesday, if I have a crew neck on, you won't see the crew neck because my second chin will be hanging <laughs> over the first crew neck. That's how hard I'm going to go the next five or six days on turkey. Leopard. This is from what I've learned about Luke over the last like nine months. This has to be it. Luke's like top two or top three holidays. Of the year oh, for him. Oh, because yeah. he, this is bigger than he's the day. food guy. He is the food bigger guy. than opening day. Yes. Yeah. I would argue that it is bigger than opening day as well. <laughs> and we're doing a baseball podcast. Here we go. Well, yeah, but the opening day just happens and then it's over. Thanksgiving happens and then you've got it for three or four more days if you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. True. Also, if you go to other like family members or if you have a Friendsgiving, for instance, yeah, you know, then you're doing Thanksgiving at least three times a year. It's not good for your body, but it's good for your morale. You know what else isn't good for my body? <laughs> Me and my friends, we uh, play football. We have turkey bowl every you Thanksgiving do do that. morning. We do do it. We've done it every year since we were freshmen in high school. So it's going on like 12 years now. And you're still um, playing tack. Is it tackle football as an adult? Yeah, I mean, no, it's, we know. We do we just rap. But sometimes, you know, the, it turns into – we do wraps or two-hand touches, but sometimes it will turn into like, okay. oh, I tripped and accidentally pulled you all the way to the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, and but even then, it's like running around for three, four hours in the morning. You know, we're all in our – we are all at mid-20s and later, and um, it's harder to recover after a full day of playing football. I'm not going to lie. I'd like be Ryan... doing two-hand touch only. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel I, I can picture Ryan playing in something like Wedding Crashers happening where somebody just gets a little over aggressive. That's the problem with the turkey bowl is you always get the one guy who's a little too amped up. He's got a little too much tension from his family life that he goes out and plays that and he thinks he's Brian Urlacher all of a sudden. That's why happen. I'm not the turkey bowl, a little questionable. It can happen, but yeah, and we'll, we're still doing it. It used to be like six teams of like, eight to nine people what how how deep you would get it now it's kind of trimmed down to like four of like seven maybe eight yeah and just five a lot years of people will not exist and we'll see we'll what see if we can make it the, to 20 what about the are you guys still doing the heavy go out on wednesday night yes well, like those days are over for me but i remember them 
it's I, currently I, yes, in the process it. of trying to figure out what I'm doing. So future, future Cody, I, I'm <laughs> praying for you. Uh, when you listen to this, when you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, just know that I did do that and just know that it either went really well or it did not go well because I'm 31. So yeah. yeah. And all, everybody also, that does it, don't over when they overdo it is the mistake because then you don't want to eat the turkey. And then that's mm -hmm. a total disaster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> future. I'm hoping future Ryan, uh, but legs aren't too sore. Um, you know, mid afternoon on Thanksgiving, you know, hopefully, hopefully you stretched enough <laughs> that you, uh, you can make it three hours of playing football and running up and down grass, the most cardio you'll do all year, but absolutely. Hopefully you make it. Yeah. I'm just hoping that future grandpa Stucky's got a nice nap on the couch with maybe a little Turkey dressing stuck <laughs> on his beard and, and just sitting there waiting for the next round of leftovers. Oh, an apple pie. <laughs> apple pie uh i guess i guess see right. the drool coming out your face right yeah now. i'm ready uh <laughs> hope everybody has a great thanksgiving again if there is breaking news cubs baseball we will have an emergency podcast no matter what day it is we'll break in even if it happens during thanksgiving dinner we'll find time to talk cubs baseball if they sign correa or somebody big um otherwise we will see a, a Corey and Brennan will have a podcast for you on Friday. And then we will see you back for podcasts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, of course, always at 120. Uh, thanks for checking out the uh, CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Don't forget to use the promo code CHGO when you download the app and sign up. And we will see you. After the holidays, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Until then, fly the W.